listeners, before we get to this episode of Problem Solvers, here is a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business owner? Did you know that Visa's online small business hub has tools, discounts, and resources to help you run your business? So whether you're a business beginner or an entrepreneurial expert, find the solutions, tools, and tips you need to help take your business to the next level. Plus, if you have a Visa business credit or debit card, you can get access to cardholder benefits like Visa Savings Edge, a savings program which can help you save on everyday business expenses like office essentials, travel, and more. When you enroll your Visa business business card in Visa Savings Edge, you'll have access to valuable offers which can help turn qualifying business purchases made with your enrolled Visa business card into savings for your business. Learn more at visa.com slash small business hub. Once again, that's visa.com slash small business hub. Visa, a network working for everyone. And now on with the show. From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. I recently came across this really interesting product called Lomi. And what does Lomi do? Well, what if you could get rid of your kitchen garbage at the push of a button? Hey, I'm Matt from Pila, and I want to introduce you to my friend Lomi. Get rid of your kitchen garbage? What is that? What's he talking about? Uh, Well, I went to the website and it says right there at the top, life is stressful. Take garbage off your to-do list. It's showing this very pretty white bowl looking contraption where you put your kitchen waste and you're, you're the food, food you didn't eat or organic waste, and it turns it into dirt. And if you're thinking, if you know anything about compost, if you're thinking this sounds a lot like composting, well, that is why this is so interesting because yes, if you do know anything about composting, this sounds a lot like composting. But if you don't know anything about composting or if the word composting happens to turn you off, no problem because Lomi barely associates itself with the word compost. And I thought to myself, something very interesting is happening here. Somebody has made a very thoughtful, intentional decision about how to present this product in a way that avoids any baggage that comes with a kind of niche, in a way, concept of composting, and instead is talking about it as a thing for kitchen garbage. And let's be clear, this is not just some rando product that I found. Lomi is quite successful. It was on the Kardashian holiday gift list. It has sold more than 100,000 units since it started shipping in January. This, I thought, is clearly the product of someone who is thinking very, very deeply about the conversation that they're starting with their consumer. And that is something that I think everybody could learn from. So time to get somebody on the phone from Lomi. Yeah, so I'm Gareth. I'm a partner and CMO at a company called Pila. Uh, so we're the creators of the Pila case, which is the world's first compostable uh, mobile accessories brand, as well as Lomi, which is the world's first smart waste composter. Oh, how about that? He used the word composter. This is Gareth Everard, by the way. He didn't actually say his last name. And Gareth is really thoughtful about language and presentation. And very, very intentional about the way in which 
he and his company engage their consumers. So in this conversation, we are getting into it. How do you shape the conversation that you have with your consumer? How does language drive perception? And how can you be more intentional about the words that you use? And I will tell you something. If Lomi has its way, if Gareth has all the power in the world, you will soon know the phrase smart waste. They're teeing it up right now. It's coming. Very, very methodically. And that's all coming up after the break. Who doesn't want to do right by the planet? Well, one of the easiest ways is to use paper. And another is to choose products that come in paper-based packaging. Because paper comes from trees, a natural and renewable resource. And here in the U.S., private forest owners carefully maintain healthy forests and their habitats to provide our essential paper products. And those products can be recycled up to seven times. Thanks to innovative design solutions, everyday items from cosmetics to liquid detergents are now using paper-based packaging, making it easier than ever for consumers to do good for the planet. And the same goes for business owners. Choosing paper-based packaging materials is a great way to take the sustainable path forward that also gives back. So choose paper and help America's forests thrive. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com. All right, we're back. So when I first started talking to Gareth, I said, look, I'm, I'm really interested because you are creating this compost product, but you're not calling it a compost product, but it seems to be solving a big problem with composting. I am a composter. I compost. But what that means for me is that my wife and I collect all of our food scraps and stuff in this compostable bag in a Tupperware that we keep in our refrigerator so that it doesn't stink. And then we take it down periodically to this bin outside of our home in Brooklyn, New York, which is uh, for city compost, the city compost program. And um, it is disgusting. It's uh, so the, the bin is, is just swarming with bugs. You open it up and just like a cloud of bugs comes out and then you throw your bag in and you run away. Uh, it's disgusting. So here is this great looking product that seems to solve that, but it's not using the word compost at all. So it doesn't seem to be targeting necessarily me, which makes sense because there aren't that many people who compost and therefore there aren't that many people who are like, I compost and I wish for a better compost system. So he's going broader than that. Very, very smart and interesting. So I asked, where did it come from? And he says, well, actually, you got to back up because it didn't even start with that program at all. It started with a completely different product, which was a compostable phone case. We had started Pila Case a long time ago, kind of with the idea of this, like, hey, this compostable brand using materials innovation in order to achieve a compostable product for something that is traditionally made from virgin plastics. So that came out as a, as a smashing hit. And then we started to see these questions trickle in from our customers and our community saying, this is all great. I'm excited that I can compost this when it's a time to upgrade my phone. But how do, you, how do you do that? And we realized the access to compost or organic waste or green bin systems, whatever they're called, are, they're not consistent across different cities, even between big cities. So I know you were mentioning earlier, you've got access to a program there in Brooklyn. We've got one here in Toronto. But there are tons of cities with huge populations that don't have access to these systems. So we kind of thought, hey, there's probably some way to get this decentralized, so to speak, and get it into people's homes. And so that's where the idea for Lomi came from like three years ago. And it obviously being not really something that existed, took quite a lot of research and development. It's not something you can just 
look up on the internet, say like find manufacturers for, it was really one of those soup to nuts working with hardware electronics, working with soil scientists, everything. And we were fortunate that we, we got to a product that we were really happy with. And when we launched it on Indiegogo, it was super well received. And we're now up to over 100,000 units sold since we started shipping in January of this year. And Gareth, I want to talk to you about how you market this. But first, let me just ask you one more question about the product, because I'm pretty fascinated by it. I do compost here in Brooklyn, but that just means that I and my wife and I just throw all of our organic waste into like a bag that sits in our fridge because we don't want it to stink. And then whenever the bag's full, we just walk it down the stairs and we dump it into this absolutely disgusting, full of swarming bugs bin outside of our building. And then it gets picked up and the city does whatever on earth it does with it. So that's my experience of composting. The idea that you could have this device in your home, you promise that there is no smell and it basically just turns it into soil right there is kind of mind blowing. Can you explain that? How it works? What exactly is happening? Don't you don't have to go into the science, but just so the average person can like understand exactly what kind of product we're talking about here. Yeah, which for is sure. So quite different from the process hit, I just experienced. Yeah, when you hit go on Lomi, effectively what's happening is you've got all this food waste in there. And what we're trying to do is we're we're trying to massively accelerate processes that are naturally going to happen in nature. So you just mentioned that compost bin full of flies stinking at the bottom of the the stairs in your building. Well, we're taking those same processes. You want to avoid anaerobic degradation of that organic waste. That's what happens in landfill when organic waste gets in there, it gets buried under layers and layers of garbage. And then you've got methane getting released, which is like the the real baddie of all of the greenhouse gases. So it's super not good for climate change. So that, that's a big important part of where compost comes in. But what's happening with Lomi when you, you turn it on is it's effectively very slowly heating the contents. So you're bringing out a little bit of moisture as well as it's not blending, but more like mixing so that there's constant aerobic exposure of the organic materials. And through that, you're effectively able to accelerate what would be the composting process. Like what comes out of Lomi is not compost. It is the beginning of the composting process. But what what does come out of Lomi, if you use the grow mode, which is one of the three settings that you can set it to, would be considered a natural fertilizer because it would, it would have all sorts of be much more nutrient enriched than your kind of standard dirt, so to speak. That's cool. All right. So let's talk about marketing this because your origin story here is demand from an audience that understands the value of composting and is eco-minded. And I suppose you could create a product that just serves them, but that's a narrower base. And I imagine you started by thinking, how can we reach a wider base? So what were the considerations that went into a composting product, which is going to evoke a lot of things for a lot of people and, and maybe nothing for a lot of people too, because a lot of people don't even have exposure to compost. And where did you begin to start the conversation with consumers? Yeah, such a great question. It's actually, it's funny, we did kind of the the opposite of what you just mentioned in terms of, we knew that there was a concern around like, hey, what, what do we do with these compostable bioplastics at their end of life? And then when we dug into it more, we actually realized that the big opportunity, okay, so now look at all the waste in a household. And we looked at, we asked ourselves if this phone case, this is only coming up after two or three years, this is what we're calling low velocity waste. So what are what are the items in your home that are high velocity waste? And when we looked at that, we said, we it's definitely food. Food waste is going to be the big problem. That's the majority of what the average American or Canadian consumer 
is throwing out into their garbage bin every day. So how can we make something that navigates that problem while also being able to, when needed, navigate those lower velocity waste items? like biodegradable phone case or as more and more Fortune 500 and other brands come out with compostable versions of traditionally virgin plastic packaging. We wanted to make sure that we could address those those materials as well. So, so your, your, your compostable forks and spoons, stuff like that. Exactly. Stuff like brands from Repurpose. That would be a great example. They make forks and spoons quite popular. So they're what's called a Lomi approved partner. So that means that our entire science team has gone through and tested their products and confirmed everything turns into dirt. And so then we list those products that are definitely turned to dirt and Lomi on the site as part of our, our Lomi approved program. But yeah, yeah, I think you were asking me, like, how did we get to all this the messaging that we picked? So we right from the beginning, we were saying, OK, if we're going to be navigating food waste, we're, we have to take a step back because they're actually now we're now we're sort of addressing the entire interaction that we have with the garbage can, which fundamentally has like not changed since the creation of the garbage can. If anything, it's just we used to store our waste outdoors and now bizarrely we store it like indoors under our sink until to your point it gets too smelly or the bag becomes overflowing and we have to take it somewhere else. So we identified all of that as what we refer to internally as trash pain. And so we just try to break down what are all of the different types of trash pain. So uh, you actually, even in your example, you highlighted a couple of the classic ones. Trash pain would be someone who has space taken up in their in their fridge by a bag full of what is going to the compost, but is taking up space in their fridge in the meantime. Then you bring it down and you have to interact with this really unpleasant sensory experience around like flies and all this stuff just to get it into a compost bin. Okay, well, that's because you're you're being a good, responsible consumer. That's something that you're you're experiencing. So let's say someone who's just not doesn't have a compost program in their building. They're just navigating with the the traditional garbage system. They're going to experience a tremendous amount of trash pain as well because they're, they're putting everything into one bin, which is going to produce smell. That's a trash pain. They're going to ultimately like with that with that smell. You really start noticing it once it's built up, and then sometimes that bag can get difficult to close. And if you've gotten to the point where many of us do where your bag is difficult to close because it's overflowing, it's actually probably also going to be heavy. Goodness knows how many sharp things you've also got in that bag as well, buried down, and now it's under pounds and pounds and pounds of other waste pushing on that potentially sharp object, causing a rip in your bag. And hopefully, hopefully you, you haven't recently experienced that that awful sensation of watching your garbage spill out all over your floor because the bag ripped. But it is, it is definitely right. a pinnacle also- of trash pain. So right, um, or, or or just all the way down your leg. So this is fascinating right. because what you're doing here is you're I mean you're identifying at a granular level stuff that people probably haven't exactly listed out in the same way. There's all this is, is this, if you want to understand the pain points of your consumer, your your consumer maybe isn't thinking about well here are the 20 different ways that I hate my trash experience, but they're all there. And that means that they're all motivators and ways in which you can immediately connect with a consumer because you're talking about their problem. That's right. We really approached it more from the framework of not how can we make a better compost bin, but how can we make the experience of garbage, which has held humans hostage for decades, if not centuries, how can we make a different solution? How can we think about it in a completely different way? And I think this is obviously V1 of the product. Our intention is to continue innovating on it as we, this one's not even internet connected. There's a tremendous amount more we can do with sensors and AI and cameras to identify what's going into them. But that, that's probably a story for another day. But we just wanted to get version one out there and validate the hypothesis that consumers, broadly speaking, 
would be interested in a more elegant way to interact with their day-to-day waste. So I mean, the early results seem to be pointing us in that direction. And the early results being what? I mean, aside from that, you sold a lot of units. Clearly, there's a demand for it. What data or what feedback are you getting that is telling you you're heading in the right path? Yeah, so I think there's the tremendous number of really positive reviews that we've received as a a marketer. Those are always, I, I sit there and read every single one of those reviews, everything that I see on Instagram, YouTube comments. I, have, I sit and look at all of the, the CX tickets that, that come into our, our customer service team. And by and large, every a lot of it is just people letting us know, like, this has really changed their life. They've bought more for their friends. That's an, That's been another interesting data point is people will buy a Lomi and then come back several months later and buy two or three more. Whenever we reach out to those customers, it's invariably a gift. So if you've got a product that people are gifting, certainly the performance marketer in me gets extremely happy with that customer profile and, and excited that we've created a product category that speaks to people enough that they're gifting it to others. And speaking right. of gifting, I think there was definitely a moment when the Kardashian family reached out and said, hey, we want to make Lomi our, uh, our Christmas gift to our entire, our entire Christmas list this year. So coordinated with them to get over 100 units out to, uh, to different folks. Uh, which was which was one heck of an experience, and it was cool seeing it in the the background of one of those new Kardashian episodes. There's actually been a tremendous amount of LA-based film and TV who've expressed a lot of interest in Lomi, either purchasing it on their own or reaching out and seeing how they can get involved. So that's just been really refreshing as well. We're not having like conversations with them around like, oh, well, can you pay me to advertise or be an influencer or anything like that? They're just like, does this is this real? Like, oh my goodness, can I can I check this out? So it's been really really fascinating to have those conversations as well. We're going to take a short break and be right back. By now, you've probably heard all about cryptocurrencies. You might even already be investing in them. But did you know that you can invest in cryptocurrencies through your retirement account? That's right. With iTrust Capital, you can buy and sell cryptocurrencies from a crypto IRA and get all the same tax advantages as a traditional IRA. iTrust Capital allows you to invest in over two dozen of the most popular cryptocurrencies. And unlike the stock market, you can buy and sell 24 hours a day. The iTrust Capital platform is easy to use and it takes only a few minutes to create your account. Setting up an IRA is free, and iTrust has no account opening fees and no monthly fees. It's time to start taking control of your financial future. With iTrust Capital, you can get all the tax benefits of a retirement account while investing in crypto. Sign up today and receive a $100 funding bonus when you open and fund an account. Visit iTrust.capital slash problem solvers to start investing today. That's iTrust.capital slash problem solvers. Taxes and conditions apply. Fees apply. Cryptocurrencies are a speculative investment with risk of loss. iTrust Capital Inc. does not provide legal investment or tax advice. Consult with a qualified legal investment or tax professional. All right, we're back. Just before the break, Gareth was talking about how Lomi ended up on the Kardashian gift list. Now, of course, that drove a ton of new customers and awareness to the brand. And I had asked Gareth what that was like. And he said, look, it was great. The added business is great. But there was actually a fascinating data learning opportunity in there. What's more interesting to me is making sure that when we have a situation where we're able to... We're fortunate to have a large influx of orders that come in. The questions that I'm really curious about are like, is this set of customers asking different questions? Are there things that we can learn 
about the concerns that customers have or questions that they're asking when they come in, when we can relatively guess that they've come in from the Kardashian family announcing, you know, their gift picks of the year or whatever. Or Jenna Fisher from the who played Pam on The Office also did this, where she just ordered a Lomi and kind of made this long Instagram stories post about it. I think that was probably the one that maybe our office was the only one that they were more excited about than the Kardashians was Jenna Fisher. That is, that is, uh, but, but I, I love, I love what you're saying here though, because it's a really smart insight. So was there something that this different set of consumers were saying or reacting to that led to a valuable absolutely. lesson for you? So, so bringing this conversation full circle, it was those, those pieces. Yeah. Those pieces of content going out into the world, they brought in a lot more of the, the, the person who's maybe newer to the notion of, of new actions that they can take to be more eco-friendly, probably not people who already actively have backyard compost systems. I'm not saying unilaterally, of course, but because when you reach just a broader set of impressions, consider the sheer number of people who are following these these celebrities. You're going to have people who are kind of like, I'm hearing about this for the first time. I'm hearing about this function for the first time. I've never even thought about garbage this way. So to really bring your, your question from the beginning full circle, we found that the more that we lean into addressing trash pain concerns and lean away from the hardcore eco messaging. And by the way, there's always a space for that. I myself, like I, I went to school for environmental science, like a true, true, true tree hugger. The first company I ever started was a, a plastic free shaving company. So like I've, that's deep in my bones. And that's probably what naturally I'd speak to most. But more and more as we can reach a broader set of Americans, Canadians, and we're launching in the UK and, and Europe later this year, we're just noticing more and more the, the notion of like, hold on, I wasn't aware of these trash pain points and that these could be addressed. So that's just really, if anything, those moments of hitting some sort of pop culture wave have given us exposure to to questions and commentary from consumers that makes me lean even more and more into, hey, this could genuinely be, these sorts of systems could genuinely be alternatives to garbage cans in not too many years. And what needs to be true about how we message this product for for that to occur because it's genuinely better for the environment but you're not going to capture the number of people that we need to in order to do our part to combat the climate crisis if all we do is use that sort of climate crisis reduce your carbon footprint the classic sort of eco messaging language so right really big lessons in there for us so i love that and as just a final discussion point let's talk really specifically about language because i was looking at the site for the product. And it's super interesting in that, so that whatever the metadata, I don't know what it's called, but you know, like the tab, when I'm looking at it, it says, says Lomi kitchen composter. Okay. But then other than that, the word compost barely appears. In fact, I, I'm just going to take listeners down here. So the top of the page says life is stressful. Take garbage off your to-do list. Lomi is here to help after more than 12. Okay. Then you got to think about because you were out of stock. And and then scroll down and we've got a video. It says a smarter way to deal with garbage. Now the word compost does show up here, but it's actually just a quote from the New York Times. So it's not in your own voice. And then I scroll down more and I'm still not seeing the word compost anywhere. That is, then, it, then it starts to go into, Lomi is perfect for you if you hate taking out the trash, don't like cleaning up, you think garbage is gross. Again, the word compost barely appears. So that 
clearly a very conscious decision. Can you talk about the like how you experimented with language to find what is going to really connect? Absolutely, yeah. It's an, it's such a such an interesting question, uh, opportunity to kind of talk about it because what we've noticed, is, the reason that we've leaned away from it is because that's what media and the were were carried in Best Buy as well as uh, a couple other retailers going live shortly, and they've all bucketed into us into their kitchen composter section of Best Buy, and unprompted media kind of label this as a kitchen composting device. We see the future of where Lomi goes and thinking about the garbage bin differently. We refer to it internally as a smart waste device. Now, that's also a terminology that you don't see on the website because we're in the process of trying to transition. We're, we're kind of, we're straddling that middle ground, right? We talk a lot about garbage. We talk a lot about waste. We talk a lot about taking away like trash. So then we, instead of talking about compost, which the media and retailers seem to be pigeonholing anyone sort of in the this waste space into, well, it makes sense. Compost is, is very topical right now and in the news cycle with what's happening in, in California. But we want to make sure that we're creating a category. Compost is not really a category where we don't want to make kitchen composters. We want to be able to take what is what we feel is dumb waste, waste that goes into your garbage can, that goes into your landfill, and make that smart waste, waste that you can run through this low electricity process and then be able to feed it to your garden and return that nutrients to earth. That seems a lot smarter to me than just sending a bunch of stuff that will release methane into landfill. So yeah, so that's why you don't see us lean a ton into compost. And if you check in a couple months, you'll probably see us leaning really, really heavy on that smart waste language. We're just trying to ease folks into that because we're, we're introducing a net new product into a net new category that we effectively created. And then we're going to be, we'd be asking people to, to accept kind of net new language as well. At the same time, we thought, hey, let's stick with two out of three for now <laughs> and just use the language that people are familiar with for a, for a brief moment here. Right. So, okay. So then let's just take us into the future. Final question here. How are you strategically introducing that language? Because smart waste is a, it's a great phrase, but it's not one, like you say, that people are going to be familiar with. So how do you plan to start introducing that to folks so that it makes sense to them? Yeah. So another good question. We, on, on the marketing team, we kind of look at storytelling and video as our, as our superpower. We've been fortunate that the, the, main video that we made actually to introduce Lomi on that that Indiegogo campaign last year. It was just really variations on that video as we got more and more reviews, more and more Lomi's out into people's homes. We've just, we, I mean, we have a ginormous library of creative at this point, but we always come back to the structure of this one hero video. If you go onto our YouTube channel, it's the one with 25 million views right now, but across all platforms, that that piece of content or something exceptionally similar to it has about 150 million views between whatever, Instagram, YouTube, talk, et cetera. So we know that we're able to tell really effective stories and we're going to be leaning into that on YouTube to our organic owned audience, just really doing a lot of education through our own video storytelling. Got it. Gareth, this is super, super interesting. Thanks for walking me through it. And I feel like I have a Lomi in my future. Absolutely. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. 
Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.